it is necessary to investigate before legislating. But the line between investigating and persecuting is a very fine one. Now a man is seen walking towards the officer's SUV, where the deputy's SUV investigators tell us it seems the suspect was going to pass them, then turned and fired multiple shots while the two were parked. multiple locations that have been burning in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Madam Speaker, my colleagues, my fellow Americans, I rise to support the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump. As far as the allegations of the CIA hacking the Senate computers, nothing can be heard. could be volatile, and I'm about to talk to him about allegations that he was involved with prostitutes in Moscow and that the Russians taped it and have leverage over him. And now, here's CD Media's host of Information Operation. Good afternoon. We're here today with Nate Kane. He's a former FBI whistleblower. Welcome to the Information Operation, where we try to delve into the PSYOP war, basically, the deep state is waging against the American people. Uh, welcome, Nate. Appreciate, Thank you. Appreciate you uh, sitting down with us. Nate's got a lot to talk about today, and I'm just going to let him uh, get going and, uh, and bring out what you want to say. Okay. So go ahead. All right. Well, uh, thank you for having me. And, uh, you know, we're, now what we're doing is uh, I've, I've been brought into a team of people who are experts in various fields related to uh, election process and, and technology. Uh, my background, of course, is in cybersecurity. I've been doing this for about 23 years. Yeah. And uh, specifically, I think the, the main um, expertise that I bring to the table is related to how government systems are certified, mm -hmm. uh, how they go through a process of uh, validating cert certification requirements that are under the law and under certain NIST standards and, and uh, regulations. So mm -hmm. I've been looking through these and I've been reading through them. Um, and validating them against what the Help America Vote Act requirements are. Mm -hmm. That's where the voting system standards come from, uh, the Federal Election Commission created back in 2002. And what we're finding is that there is a whole lot of, of anecdotal evidence from affidavits and from different witness reports, things that we've seen in terms of videos, mm -hmm. uh, things that have been released to the public through the media that are indicative that that very few of these system standards have been put into place or that there are a lot of violations at least of those. And why do you think they're just being ignored basically? <laughs> or how are they being ignored? I guess is a better question. No enforcement or? You know, that, that might be part of it. Uh -huh. um, I think part of the disconnect is that there are federal laws that apply to federal elections and then there are state laws that apply to state elections. Uh -huh. And so the state they're required to follow federal law in these elections, and in many states, they actually, their state law does not address adequately all of these system requirements. Mm -hmm. uh, they tend to adhere to the uh, EAC, which is the Election uh, Assistance Commission. Uh, they've set out a set of standards called the Voluntary Voting System Standards, and I think that key mm -hmm. term there, voluntary, throws a lot of people off. 
because a lot of these states, in fact, every single one of the swing states are actually required under their own state law to follow those they voluntary... They that into the, the, the statutes? Absolutely. Huh. But I think that term voluntary kind of throws people off and right. they think, oh, you know, maybe we have to follow it. Maybe well, we you were telling me this morning, and we've seen it in the media, the, the head of the Federal Election Commission has been saying this all along, that, that this is not a, a legal election, right? That's correct. Many of these systems have failed their certification requirements. So the way a certification happens and the way that, that the best way to describe it to make it so people can understand is you have a, a system, and that system is not just one computer. It's not just you know a machine that you run tally, uh, you run votes through. Mm -hmm. It includes a whole lot of other systems. Right. A whole lot of it's a system of systems. So you have you know maybe uh, an electronic voting machine, a direct contact machine that person's putting in their ballot. Mm -hmm. uh, you may have a, a vote casting machine where once it prints out the the uh, ballot, they submit it through the machine that reads it. And it puts it on the memory cards. Those memory cards are taken over to a tally machine, right? Uh, you know, and then the tally machine goes up, you know, to a higher level. There's a there's a central system uh, that that basically is tallying all the different votes coming in from the different uh, electro, mm -hmm. uh, election polling centers. So mm -hmm. there is a lot of there's a lot that's involved, and each one of these individual systems has to go, uh, yeah, has to be inspected. That inspection, by the way, is done in a certified independent lab. Mm -hmm. uh, what they're looking for in that independent laboratory is they're making sure that the system adheres to what the error rate is right. required under the law. So the error rate under the federal systems, the error rate under federal system, under federal law, which is the FEC's voting system standards, requires that you have an error rate that is no more or no greater than one error, uh, one, they, what they call it, an, uh, it's a ballot position error. Mm -hmm. So that means like if you took a whole ballot, every single bubble that is on that ballot is a position, whether it's left blank or whether you fill it in. So you have a one ballot position error that is allowed for every 500,000 Ballot positions. That's pretty tight. It is very tight. It's mm -hmm. a, I think it's like a, a .008 or something like that mm -hmm. uh, percent uh, error rate. And the reason for that is that the error rate is not supposed to allow any errors that are related to software. Mm -hmm. It's only supposed to allow for a very minimal error rate that may occur due to a hardware malfunction. Mm -hmm. So um, they also very clearly state in their in their document and why the the purpose of it being so tight. Is because they don't want there to be any opportunity for there to be uh, a error rate that exceeds a certain amount that would potentially change the outcome of an election. Right. So what that equates to, to put it simply, is if you had a single ballot, okay, that had 10 spots on it that you could fill out or leave blank, mm -hmm. and you had 50,000 of those ballots, all it would take is for there to be one ballot that has a vote flipped Mm -hmm. and that would decertify the entire system. Wow. So they go through and they validate these things in a certified, independent certified lab. That is the, the certification test requirement. Then once they deliver that system to the site, to the polling center, mm -hmm. then it also gets an acceptance certification where they basically test it again to make sure it didn't get changed en route. Mm -hmm. So there's a whole lot of other requirements. Uh, that's what's called a baseline. That baseline cannot be changed from that point forward to the date of the election. 
There cannot be that change. The only way that you can do a change, it requires something called configuration management control. And so there's very specific ISO standards that say you have to have a certain set of rules that are in place, a certain policy that's in place. It has to go be independently tested. So even if you want to do something like, you know, add a, a patch, a security right. patch, it still has to be independently tested. And what they're testing it against is not, not the, the production system that is out there at the polling station. Right. What they're testing it against is a baseline image of that same system. So how are all these reports we're getting of, uh, you know, thumb, thumb drives being uploaded on site, you know, technicians going just in Fulton County in Georgia, a technician went in and, and did a, an update to the server and, and supposedly wiped it or? Well, if they did an update to the server, yeah. okay, and they followed the procedures that are under the law, uh -huh. they should have followed some sort of configuration management control um, procedure that they mm -hmm. have or policy that they have that's in place. So mm -hmm. it's a real simple ask. We, we need to see what that policy is mm -hmm. and then there should be logs all along the way of where it was approved mm -hmm. to be able to install that thumb drive mm -hmm. and to insert that piece of software. And yeah. that software also should come with a certificate, right, from an independent tested lab uh, that tells us that they did in fact independently test it to mm -hmm. make sure that it's not going to change that error rate. That's right. really what that is all about. So if they, so here's where my concern is. Mm -hmm. I see a lot of reports about, you know, a 6,000 vote error rate, like right. in, you know, I think it's the Oakland. Glitch. Yeah, the glitch, right? <laughs> Oakland County, uh -huh. uh, Michigan. Uh, the statement is that, you know, there was this 6,000 vote flip that, you know, went and flipped uh, votes from Trump to Biden. And then once they did some sort of patch, it flipped it back. Right. So that tells me one of two things. Either the baseline has been changed or the baseline certification was invalid to begin with. But either way, you can't have an error Maybe rate. Maybe it was higher than it should have been. Absolutely, right? so yeah. when I did the math on it, um, you know, and this is under the EAC's Voluntary Voter System Standards, which the state of Michigan adheres to. Mm -hmm. um, they give you a different way of calculating that error rate that's a lot easier to do. It's a real simple one in 125,000. So if you have one ballot uh, in 125,000, that is an error, that's okay. Mm -hmm. But if you have more than that, that's not okay. Mm -hmm. So I think they have over, um, I wanna say it's like a million, 6,000 and something, you know, registered voters. And the way I calculated it was, I basically said, if you had 100% turnout, 100%, right. right. with the error rate that they had of 6,000 ballots that had errors on them. In just one precinct. That's 750 times the allowable error rate. Right. So how can you certify that system? How can you guarantee the integrity of that election? You can't. And they're not allowing people to inspect or get access to the data or anything. Correct. Right? So under the law, mm -hmm. that's the other, the other issue too, is the HAVA also states that you're required to maintain every auditable item for 22 months. Mm -hmm. Now we know that's not being done because down in Georgia, they were wiping systems. Yeah. And they had to actually put in a court order to, to stop that. Those systems maintain uh, security log files, they, they maintain uh, application log files, system log files, uh, forensic data at, down at the code level. Mm -hmm. There's a whole lot of different information that are auditable items that are in that, uh, you know, that, that would essentially be wiped by, by doing a recertification of that system. Interesting. So where do we go from here, do you think? Well, I think where we go from here is we've got to number one, we have to correct this election right now. Mm -hmm. You know, everything that I'm seeing and you know, just from 
listening to people who are speaking up online and in different places is that the, at least half of the country has lost their faith in this election system. Yes. That is a serious problem. And this affects, you know, it doesn't just affect Republicans, this affects Democrats, this affects third party candidates. If we can't trust our system, and I guarantee you, if there is something nefarious, nefarious that has gone on mm -hmm. in this election, that same thing can happen to anybody else. So this is something that matters to all Americans. We have to get this right. We've got the runoff coming up in, on January 5th in Georgia. That's right. And they've already mailed out like 800,000 or more uh, absentee right. ballots. And so whereas my expertise is primarily in the system, mm -hmm. you know, there's also guys that are on our team that mm -hmm. are looking at just the basic chain of custody of these right. ballots that are coming in. Right. You know, we are seeing indications that there are ballots that have been counterfeited. There are ballots that have been, uh, you know, written up and inserted with illegal voters, such as dead people. I mean, mm -hmm. plenty of uh, reporting on that. So the thing that concerns me is I see this narrative that's being pushed by the mainstream media. They keep saying over and over again. First, they were saying there is no fraud. Mm -hmm. Now they're not saying that. Now they're saying there is no widespread fraud. Right. But what is their definition of widespread? We're seeing fraud in every single state. We're seeing fraud in every, I would say, close to every single county. Mm -hmm. You know, some places we may not be looking at, and there could be fraud there. I've got reports coming from California, at least in three districts, where they've got clear evidence of fraud. So what do they consider widespread? But nobody, you know, of course, nobody is really looking at that because California's not a swing state. Right. So. I think that the fraud is a lot further spread than what we actually Well, it may have been why they were allowed to sweep the California GOP delegation in 2018. That's very possible. Yeah, or even before that. Yeah, so I think we have to get this straight right now, though. Mm -hmm. You know, this election is very important. We have to make sure that we have a fair election. And then the next step is we got to sit down with legislators and help them understand how, how the, the system certification mm -hmm. process is supposed to work how the chain of custody is supposed to work. You know, if we go in and we ask for, uh, you know, the the ballots, okay, and we want to be able to see the ballots, mm -hmm. and we want to be able to compare those against the uh, security envelopes, and we want to compare that to the outer envelopes, we should be able to do that. Those are all auditable items. Well, and yet we've seen many cases of people talking about finding ballots in the garbage, or ballots being burnt, or ballots being shredded. None of those things are allowed. So even a ballot that is determined to be no good, you know, mm -hmm. they call it a spoiled ballot. Mm -hmm. That spoiled ballot has to be maintained because right. it is an auditable item. Well, as Phil uh, Klein said recently, there's a reason why they're not let, letting us inspect all this stuff. Exactly. So, so. Well, anything else you want to discuss uh, while we're here? You know, I, I think that we have a, a duty not only to us, you know, this is something that affects not just the United States, mm -hmm. but these voting systems, they're in many other countries. And so this, this has a huge impact, right? Obviously, there's people who do not want these things looked at. Right. And so there is a concern, absolutely. There's a concern that, you know, why is that? If you've got nothing to hide, then why is it that you are hiding, you know? Well, I think the, the global uh, population is also looking at the U.S. and their elections. And if we fail this, then I think there's going to be a big loss of faith in you know, democracy worldwide. You know, I, I know even people in Russia who are actually, you know, hoping for this to, to be pulled out by Trump because 
they see it as a last beacon of hope or where else you're going to go, you know, right. for freedom. So I've heard it said yeah. many times, you know, if the United States falls, the rest mm -hmm. of the world falls. Yes, exactly. Because we are the beacon of democracy around the world. And, you know, a lot of these, these, uh, these systems that have been implemented, you know, really in the last decade, mm -hmm. we know they're insecure. Yeah. And it's been known they're insecure. I mean, you have people on both sides, right? You have Democrats, you know, that have said these systems were insecure and have brought lawsuits. You have third party, you know, uh, candidates mm -hmm. like Jill Stein, for example, who just got access to be able to look at the code. That's another thing. Why are we allowing procurement of systems that we don't even have a right to look at the code yeah. on something that is considered a part of our national infrastructure? Well, the Georgia GOP was arguing for the contractor and not being allowed to look at the code because it may give away their proprietary uh, and, and why yeah. is that? Yeah. I mean, that, to me, that's a fair question to ask. Yeah, sure. Why is that? Sure. Well, thank you for your time. This has been interesting. We'll thank do it you. again maybe in a few days. I hope so. Take care. All right, you take care.